Today, I'm here with Michael McCarthy, who is a senior support worker for Devonshire Lodge, right? Yeah. So let's get the formalities out of the way. How long have you been there? On the 25th of this month, I think we'll make it two years. And um, prior to that, mm-hmm. had you worked for another supported living company prior to that? Well, it was basically um, Oster Oscare, what do you call it? Oh, right. So, yeah, so like uh, domiciliary the, domic- care yeah, sort of thing. One. I did that for maybe like four months after. That was my first job after coming to the UK. Okay. Yeah. So you weren't brought up in the UK? No. Okay. Where no. were you brought up? Jamaica, Clarendon. So tell me a bit about what led you coming to the UK. Was it just in search for work or you had family here? Well, basically, um, most of my family, they're living in the States. Um, I was planning to go to the States as well, but then I met my wife and she's living in the UK. So after I got married, I basically had to choose between the US and the UK and I've chosen the UK. So you came over. So did you meet your wife in Jamaica? I met her in Jamaica um, sometimes in 2010. Yeah, but um, we were just like friends. Um, after so, I met her in 2010. A few years after, we started communicating on Facebook and so on, and then that was it. We became friends, and then for a period of time, until some years after, we decided to take it a step further. Mm -hmm. We've been married for four years now. So, what did you do in Jamaica? What was your life there? In Jamaica, I did construction. Yeah, me and my brothers, we basically had a construction company. Yeah, so that's what I did back then. Mm. But then I volunteered um, mostly at a nursing home. Um, the church, um, I went to it at a nursing home. So um, on my free days, I would go there. I would um, support them with personal care, make sure um, they heat properly. I would take them out, um, hospital appointments and all that. Um, growing up, um, I would always see my mom. My mom, she was so selfless, so she lived for other people. So um, growing up in that kind of environment, it basically became a part of me. You see, it's, it's not everyone does that type of thing, Michael. Not everyone would give up their time voluntarily to help other people. And you're saying that this was just part of your, your life and your upbringing, that your mother would instill that in you. Yes, um, yeah. So you would go and do that. But when yeah. you did that... Did you enjoy doing that? I enjoyed doing that. Just knowing that I can make somebody else's life better. Just knowing that, you know, I can... Because it was most like um, senior citizens. So, I mean, if it's the last of their life and I can make it better for them, it brings a meaning to my life and it brings me joy. I remember um, all this all started... um, The church, the youths from the church, we decided to go out into the community and to to visit um, the elderly and so on. And I remember we saw some people that were living in some conditions. I remember there was this guy, he was so isolated. Um, he, he was blind and he did not even know that he was blind. He thought the light was out and so on. I was just asking us to turn on the light and so on. And you know, there was this other guy, he was living by the sea. Um, we went to feed him and he was in a mess. He had poo all over him and all that and so on. And we decided to give him a shower and whatever it is. And then, you know, after seeing all that, we realized that the, the need was so great. So um, that's where even the, the, the nursing home started. So we decided to, um, to build a house and, you know, to accommodate all these people and so on, as many as we could. And then the young people from the church would volunteer to you know, make sure that they get their day-to-day care and so on. So who built the church? Um, the church is run by my mom. 
And, and so you you built a nursing home? Yeah, that's yeah. So you built that? Not me specifically, but the church built a nursing home. Right. Yeah. Okay. And then you would go there and, and you set I that would, up and you help. Yes, and take I would care volunteer of people. from day to day. Once I'm not at work, I'll be there volunteering. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, it must have filled your heart looking after them people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you saw their condition at first and then you realized that you could bring a difference to their lives, I mean, it really brings a joy and it, it brings a meaning to, to my life, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like you have a purpose, a, a purpose. destiny for it. Right, right, yeah. I mean, there must be some heartbreaking moments. Yeah, but there were days when we would sit down and I can remember some of the youths from the church, they would cry when we would discuss all these things and so on. I mean, it was really heartbreaking. And so that's one of the reasons, you know, we decided that we have to make a difference. And that we did. And then the upside of that, when obviously there's a lot of sad moments, but the joyful moments when you're, when you're helping people, they must have been so grateful. Yeah, yeah. That's it. When you see the joy that you bring to them, it just it, fills it brings you. joy to you as well. Yeah. It just fills your heart. Indeed. Yeah. So in one sense, as much as you're putting in, you're mm-hmm. getting out. You're getting out. That's it. And I suppose this is, you know, the whole purpose of caring. Yeah. You know, when you work in this field, the the effort that you put in. Yeah. Yeah. The, the joy that you get received That's back. It. That's it. Fills you. Fills you. That's it. I, I, I found out a little bit about you before, you know, you've been in the magazine and stuff and I've spoken to Powell and Holly about you and they mm-hmm. said that you set up some sort of charity in Jamaica. Yeah. Can you tell me a bit about that? Okay, so basically, um, you know, growing up in the community, um, the need in the community is really great. I mean, you know, growing up, I realized that um, most people go to school. Many um, did not pass high school stage. Many dropped out of high school and so on, and I realized most people would become uh, taxi drivers, fishermen, or they would just set up a shop at the roadside and whatever it is and so on. And I'm thinking, you know, um, I, I need to bring a change um, to the community. I mean, how can I provide opportunities for the young people, opportunities that I did not have? I want to provide that opportunity for them, you know, so they can understand that there's a bigger world out there. I mean, so they they can understand that, listen, it doesn't matter how big your dream is, you can achieve it and so on. I mean, nothing is too big. If you can imagine it, then you can achieve it. So basically, um, me and my wife, we have decided that, um, you know, we're going to set up like an education center for those that have dropped out of school, those that are going to school but are struggling and so on. So it's basically... Um, gonna be a library, um, an homework center. Um, you know, it, it'll be like a training center as well, and so on. And you know, we wanna impart that which we know. We wanna get other people involved. You know, we wanna provide work experience and so on. So those are some of the things. Um, so far, it's still in the 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 the, the foundation stage. Um, we have managed to secure a land. And so on. So we're just trying to put funds together so we can set up the building and so on. Are you have you on the social media platforms? How are you trying to send your message out to people? Well, um, one of the things we have done, we have set up a, a GoFundMe page. Um, we have um, on social media, we have tried to um, send out information on social media and so on. Uh, members from the church, we have gotten them involved and so on. So those are some of the things that we're trying to do to accumulate funds. And how are you doing with that? I mean, are you just in the st- early stages of that? Have we're you, we're still you, in the early stages. Have you got that. any money put away yet? 
so far away we've got maybe like a thousand five hundred pounds and how much do you think you would need to be able to set up the building how much money would your target figure be i'm looking at like a hundred and fifty thousand pounds right yeah okay and, you, and that's primarily just pure donations yeah mm-hmm. okay we have to get that message out yeah you know yeah or to a wider audience and maybe people feel the same way as you yeah. might might try and put a hand in their pocket we'll promote obviously the gofundme page yeah and see how we can maybe generate a little of interest for you just a little way we can yeah, do something yeah, yeah um so you you've come over to the uk you're mm-hmm. married now yeah you've you set up home here what was your first job you said you were working for uh like domiciliary care yeah, yeah. how did you come to find uh, magic life I have a cousin um, that works with Magic Life. And have you, how has your experience been with us? So far, um, the truth is I did not plan to stay long, maybe like three, four months and so on. But um, after um, I started and so on, I got used to the service users. And so I'm thinking I, I, I haven't felt the feeling of going anywhere so far. So I'm, I'm good so far. You're enjoying yeah, it? I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. And... Um, for me, it's like this is more like this is more than just a job. Um, I can get up, I can do five days, sometimes six days, and um, I don't have to worry about getting out of bed in the mornings and so on. That's how much I enjoy because I've done jobs before where it's, it was a nightmare to get out of bed to go to work and so on. I don't have that problem, so it's it's for me it's way greater than the money or so. I really enjoy doing this. That's fantastic. Yeah, I love hearing that. Who do you feel that you've connected with and made an impact with? I would say Oliver. Mm-hmm. Because I remember when I met Oliver, um, like maybe like two years ago or so, um, it was scary, if I should be honest. Yes, it, 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 it was scary. I remember um, my first shift with him, he threw a table at me and so on. I mean, Oliver would mostly remain in the flat and just going to the garden at the trampoline was an achievement and so on. And I've seen Oliver... No, we're, I mean, we can go almost anywhere, you know, we can go places, we can do things, we can enjoy the shift and so on. And it's, it's good. I mean, I've seen so many photos come out of um, Devonshire Lodge. I mean, I think the last batch, there was 320 photos. There was 51 videos. And some of those, and the month prior to that mm-hmm. was uh, a video of Sheikah horse riding. And mm-hmm. then another video got sent through of Oliver horse riding mm-hmm. and I remember watching you and I wasn't really so much watching mm-hmm. Oliver mm-hmm. but I was more watching you and it almost felt like you were like a father figure mm-hmm. you were just so happy I could see it in your face mm-hmm. as you was running around uh, with the horse looking at Oliver's face and you know getting enjoyment from watching him mm-hmm. enjoying the activity how, tell me about that how does it make you feel like um I said, you know, th- these things are, for me, major achievements. I mean, when you see, the, especially knowing where they used to be and, you know, where they are now and so on. I mean, for me, it's a, it's a great achievement. And um, this, is, this is how I look at it. Um, it's always worth giving, a try, giving it a try. And what's the worst that can really happen? I mean, it's either it works or it doesn't work. And when you go and you, 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 you see that it really works out and so on, I mean, it brings, you know enjoyment mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's it's a good thing yeah in terms of working for a company like magic life or any uh 
supported living company. Mm-hmm. I suppose you can write the rule book yourself, right? You don't, you know, you don't have to just be sitting in a room. You'd, you'd, um, and this is something that I would tell new staffs. I mean, it is basically what you make it. You determine how it is for you. You don't have to just sit down and just, um, you know, or you come here and you see other people doing things a particular way. You don't have to. You can take it out of the box. If you have new ideas, whatever you can come up with, you know, we can make it happen. I mean, it's not just limited to just coming here, sit down every day and whatever it is. It's not limited to that. You know, you can create opportunities for them um, and even for yourself as well. And, you know, all that. I mean, so it's basically what you make it at the end of the day. So this is, if you was giving a message out to anyone thinking about joining uh, a company like ours, it, I suppose that's the message. You can make it what you want it to be. Yes. You know? Yes, yes. And, and make make your own career in it, you know, that's and find it. your niche and say, look, this is what I like doing. Mm-hmm. I don't like maybe sitting down just in a room. Yeah. You know, I want to be doing this, I want to be doing, and you that's find it. the company that works for you. That's it. I mean, I think... Um, with the leadership of Powell, mm-hmm. uh, with Holly's support, I, I see Devonshire like a real great team there. That's and it. you seem to support each other. That's it. Um, at Devonshire, I think we're more like a family. Yeah. Yeah, we're more like a family. Um, colleagues, um, um, service users, I mean, we are, we are really bonded like a family. Yeah. Yeah. And even as you mentioned about, um, you, you know, you can, for example, I love um, photography. And it's something I really love. And what I try to do, I try to incorporate that in a sense wherein um, I would go out with service users. Instead of using my phone, sometimes I would walk with my camera and I would practice my shots and so on. So um, I'm benefiting and, you know, they are benefiting and everybody's benefiting. Yeah. And even, as you mentioned about Pav, I think Pav is a great manager and so on. And even in that field, he tried to support me as best as possible and so on. So indeed, it's good. I get the sense that you're quite a spiritual person. Yeah. A religious person. Yeah. Your faith has led you down this route, would you would you say? I personally believe as a Christian, I believe in love being um not just something that you say or it's just something that you feel, but it's something that you have to do, if you understand what I'm saying. And basically when you look out for especially the most vulnerable that as you know, that are unable to stand up for themselves and whatever it is, I believe that that's something um our our, our religion teaches, you know, um basically Christ um, he looks out for the, the the vulnerables, you know, those that are, those that are able to stand up for themselves, those that does not have a voice for themselves, whatever it is. So if I can be that voice, if I can stand up for them, you know, if I can fill that gap wherein they are not capable, um, for me, that, that that is working alongside my faith. What advice would you give to anyone uh, who is thinking of coming into support work? Well, basically... Um, I, I, I think first you would have to have a love for this work because it can be challenging sometimes and so on. But um, it is basically what you make it. Um, you, you, you decide what it is for you. So, I mean, if you have a love for this work, um, you know, I would say go for it. But if it's just about, you know, the money and whatever it is, then that can be a problem. I mean, the money is very important and all that, but if that is the basis of everything and if everything surrounds that, then chances are you might not last because, like I said, it can be very challenging or whatever it is, but it is basically what you make it at the end of the day. Um, If you look into just 
if you're looking to make somebody's life better to improve somebody's life you know to do for them what they cannot do for themselves or uh, whatever it is then this is the right place this is the right um industry this is the the right profession that's basically how i look at it mm. when you have a new support worker who's not mm-hmm. been in this industry before mm-hmm. um and they they come in do you take a lead in sort of developing them and teaching them how to become a good support worker. Yes, I try to do that as best as possible. As long as around and I'm around them or they're around me, I try to impart as much as possible to them. And as much as they they're new, I still try to learn whatever I can learn from them. And one of the things I would try to tell them is, um, you know, even whatever I'm imparting onto you, you can take it, but um, find what is in you. And, you know, add it to whatever you can learn and so on. And that will help you to develop into a better support worker. Mm. Yeah. Do you think there's a certain skills that people require, uh, are needed to, to be a good support worker? Well, I mean, what sort of qualities does someone have to have? Okay. Um, so the, the, the thing is that you can, um, there are some things that, well, you can learn and so on. But I think the, the, the deepest requirement has to come from within and I think that's love, love for people, um, tolerance, um, you know, patience. You, you need all that and so on. And, and I, I don't think that's something that you will actually get from without. It's something you have to find within. And when you have that, then you can add that to um, whatever knowledge you have and so on. And with all that, you will be a great support worker. Hmm. That's, that's good advice. It is a great job. I mean, it brings a fulfillment um, when you can, you know, you, you do something for somebody or you make their life better and you see in what way you're bridging that gap between what they can and cannot do. It basically, you fill that um, gap and so on. And when you see that it improves their lives, when you see that um, you are a part of their family, they look to you for support and all that, it, it brings a fulfillment. Mm. So um, it, it, it's, it, it might be looked down on or whatever it is, but... Um, it takes a great heart um, to really do this kind of work. Mm. When you have good support workers that are already in situ mm-hmm. and then you, you have new people that join the company, mm-hmm. they learn off of that and they mm-hmm. learn what is re- what makes a good support worker and, and all the qualities. Um, you know, obviously you still mm-hmm. need the, the basics, yes. you know. But when when if you had a, a company full of people who didn't really want to be there and the mm. new people join, they go, oh, we'll just do the same as you. That's it. But when, when we see then we have good people yeah. who are really trying hard to yeah. make the, the lives of the people we have better, that's it. they see, okay, this is the standard I need to be at. That's it. You that's know? it, yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember when I was doing um, the, the previous job, um, you know, you would be paid for maybe like, what, 30 minutes or 45 minutes an hour or so on but sometimes it has to be bigger than just the money that you're gonna have to see this because this is how i look at it um um, whatever i would want for myself or a family member of mine that's what i have to give so would I feed a family member or would I want somebody to feed my family member and leave them in a mess or whatever it is? So um, basically I have to go beyond the 30 minutes, the 45 minutes to make sure um, I'm pleased, they are pleased or whatever it is and so on. So um, as I mentioned, there got to be a foundation, something 
great in you as a support worker to really drive you beyond and not only that in an industry as this when you work with other people and stuff like that when majority as that um when majority have that, that that standard then for the newcomers it's something that they will have to you know build on it's something that they would have to be a part of but when majority is just carefree and oh i'm just here because i have no other option or whatever it is then um standard will be broken down i mean people will be neglected and whatever it is so and and here even here at differential lodge i think we have a great team and majority i can say majority um you know have a love for the job you know that you know there's a standard here that we, we try not to go below and so on and then for the newcomers they come and indeed they try to join in and be a part of that standard so yeah so it basically a it breeds a culture of you know this mm-hmm. is what we're here for this, this is, is what, what we're going to do yeah, we're yeah. not going to let our guard mm-hmm. down we're going to do the very best to support our people yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, it's evident. You can see that. Yeah. You can see that within the project, how how much, you know, people mm-hmm. genuinely care. So do, do you think you will always be in this type of industry? Yes. Yeah. It, 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 even if it's a case where I have to do my own thing or whatever it is, but um, I, I, I think um, this is something that I'm always going to be in. Because um, there's just one me and... Um, I'm not going to live forever, but for the time that I'm alive, if I can make as many people's life better, then my one life would be worth living, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know what? You're a lovely guy. And I think there's there's nothing really else to add to this. Uh, Michael, I really appreciate you giving me your time. Um, you're an inspiration, man. You really Thank are. You. Thanks very much, man. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate okay. it. Nice.